Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. I am your host, Shay Sparks, Chief Excitement Officer of Sparks of Fire International, where we spark leaders in transition who are unclear, go from fear to fired up about their life and business. And if you wish to talk more in depth about coaching, heart and mind fitness, brainstorming for your business, podcasting, and or veteran resources, connect with me, Shay, today at the Calendly link in the show notes on your podcast platform. And today, our guest is the amazing Molly Amandin. I screwed it up. Molly Mandelberg. Thank you for coming on the show, Molly. It's so great to meet you. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I say meet you. We just met, what, I guess about a week ago. And Mm -hmm. so it's great to have you and really share your intriguing story. So thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have this conversation. Me too. And for those of you who don't know, Molly is the founder of Wild Hearts Rise Up, creator of Magnetic Influencer Collective, and also the writer and illustrator of the Wild Hearts Rise Up Oracle deck. She is the host of both Tactical Magic Podcast and the Reveal the Game of Life podcast and is a best-selling author. After spending years mastering content creation and online marketing, Molly finds her bliss in bridging the worlds of heart-centered healing and transformation with the practical business strategies of leveraging a message into a global movement. That's right up my alley. So I can't wait to hear more. She is also a certified NLP coach, an access consciousness bars facilitator, and a transformational leadership coach, as well as a full-time nomad. So gosh, we just have so much to dive into, Molly. So I always like to start with asking the first question of what does investing in people mean to you? Uh, It means a a lot to me. Um, And I think there are many layers to it. But first off, there's a sense of fulfillment that comes from being a contribution in the world. Mm. And I think that one of the ways we can easily access that is by showing up for people. And that can look a lot of different ways. That can look like giving someone a phone call when you're thinking about them. Um, It can look like literally showing up in someone's life when you know they're going through something challenging. It can look like um, having someone's back financially if you have the means to do so. It can look like um, anything from emotional support to cooking dinner for your family. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of ways we invest in other people. And one of the key components to having a capacity or expanding our capacity to be there for other people, to show up for other people, to invest in other people is to be able to do the same for ourselves and to Mm -hmm. prioritize doing that for ourselves, because they say you can't fill a cup from an empty well or some <laughs> some parable like that, that you have to secure your own oxygen masks first. So mm-hmm. being willing to invest in yourself, invest in caring for your physical well-being, caring for your mental health, addressing your emotional state, every single thing you do for you actually increases your capacity to do for others, to be there for others, to invest in others as well. So um yeah, it's a multifaceted thing that we actually, I think, have a much 
bigger bandwidth to both invest in ourselves and invest in other people than we think we do. Mm-hmm. And as we start walking that road and actually putting things into practice, um, the sense of, yeah, I don't want to use the word fulfillment again, but that's what it is. The sense of fulfillment and connection and um, joy that can come from it is really infinite. Mm. Yes. Yes. I'm just going to clap because that's a beautiful, beautiful answer. And feel free to use fulfillment a million times because I feel like that is literally what we're all striving for is to find that fulfillment in what we do and who we are and how we show up in the world. And I love your example about calling someone who is thinking you're thinking about just this morning, just literally about an hour ago. I text a friend of mine who I had a dream about with the, about cutting her hair, son's hair. And so completely random. But I was like, I just am thinking about you. And I just wanted to reach out and say, I had a, you know, what, how can I support you? How can I pray for you? What, what is it that you're going through that might need some, somebody to lean on right now? And she was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Yes, I'm going through something. And she believes that she has dreams about people too, that she needs to. So she actually had reached out to someone else like a week ago. And she said it was like amazing to have, be able to be a support for her friend. So now she's getting it back. So I love that you said contribution. And that is, again, a word that we don't talk about enough in society. So as someone who contributes to others, was there a time in your life that someone contributed to you and you saw the value in it? Yeah, there there have been many times. I'll I'll share one of the bigger ones because it was uh, revolutionary to me at the time. Um, so I had found my, I, I accidentally started my business. Basically I, I, I developed some skill sets and then I was like, well, I need a space to practice this. And I rented an office. Um, and then I was like, oh no, I have an office. I should have business insurance and like, boom, 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 built a website, got a logo. Suddenly this office meant that I was a business owner. So wow. I accidentally started my business and about six months in, um, I went to a workshop Uh, I was going to meetups and networking events, like rabidly trying to meet new people and figure out having clients and stuff. Yeah. And this woman gave the best speech I had ever heard and was very inspired. She told me about this business training program where she learned how to be a speaker. And I was like, well, I want to lead workshops someday, even though it terrifies me. So I'm going to go to this workshop. So I went to the workshop or the conference business, whatever. Mm -hmm. It was an amazing event. And at the end, I was invited to join one of their programs. And the program was way more money than I had. It was like six or $7,000. And I was bringing in barely enough to feed myself in my business. I was trying to look for other jobs and other ways to make money at the time. And it got to day three. And I was in this like emotional state of like, I know this program I want to invest in is the turning point is the make or break this business idea I have. It's the sort of shit or get off the pot moment. And so I was so emotional because I was like a full lean in. I knew I wanted it. I knew it was right for me. I knew this was the community that could support me, but I had no way to say yes to it. I literally had, uh, like maxed out my credit cards just to get there and had just enough gas money to get home from the event because it was in another state. 
And it just occurred to me, this woman that had invited me there had gifted me this beautiful opportunity for transformation and just wanted to thank her for that weekend. And so I called her and I thanked her and I found myself just kind of crying and feeling really emotional about the whole, you know, point of no return that I had felt like I was on. And I organically asked her if she would invest in me (laughs) and actually help me to make the first payments and that I would, um, yeah, pay her back. Could she just loan it to me? And she said some amazing things in that conversation. Uh, She said she was going to gift me the first payment. So Mm. that was her contribution to me. And that she wanted all she wanted in return was a game plan for me of how I was going to make the next month's payment, what I was going to do between that first month and second month to make it work and make it happen and actually follow through with all these things that I thought were going to change my life and ended up changing my life. And her willingness to invest in me, her willingness to do it basically with like no strings attached for the most part, mm-hmm. and to also be there to hold me accountable to make sure that I did what I said I was going to do. It was like she wanted to not only have my back financially to make that leap forward, she also wanted to be a support system as I went into this new endeavor, this new adventure. And that was huge. I, I was mm-hmm. sobbing. It was it was yeah. a huge turning point in my life and business. And I made the next month's payment. I made every payment after that. I ended up taking that five $7,000 whatever investment and jumping up to their $20,000 program to go even further with that training. Um, Yeah. And I now support other people to grow their businesses and master skills that will help them to make not just a living, but a lifestyle from their businesses now. So I get to invest in other people in the same way and just had a conversation on Saturday night. I was at a friend's party in the woods with a bunch of bands playing and found myself sitting on a blanket talking to an old friend. And she just, yeah, laid her vision out of her business and what she wanted to change and evolve. And I got to be there and be that kind of like champion for how cool her idea is and how I'm so excited to, if she wants to have a conversation about what the back end of that could look like and how that could come to life. And so it's like this full circle thing. When we allow ourselves to receive, we're able to contribute Mm -hmm. when we are allow ourselves to contribute, we end up receiving through that process. So it's Mm. this like compounding communion type of experience where when we gift, we receive, when we received, it is a gift. Um, So yeah, that was a transformational moment of allowing myself to be invested in and also invest in myself. Mm, That is beautiful. I love that. I love that. And you said something that again, I think it's something that we don't often talk about in our society, especially in the business world. So you said, um, when I set myself up to receive. So is there something that our listeners are like, I mean, I get it that I could receive something, but what do you mean set yourself up to receive? Is there something that you kind of go a little bit deeper and explain what that means? Yeah, I mean, there are, infinite ways that you could be receiving right now. You could be receiving from just walking outside and taking a moment to let the sun hit your skin. I mean, it it could be simple. It could be complex. There could be people in your life right now who want to be with you, who want to have your back in some way, who want to contribute to your life 
and it doesn't have to be financially. It could be in other ways, but, um, yeah, there are ways you can set yourself up to receive and, and that's asking questions. It's deepening your, uh, relationship to other people. It's recognizing what it is you really need or desire right now and being able to name those things. There are so many ways to set ourselves up to receive and, and, I think the the thing I most want to get across to people is a limiting belief that I had for most of my life was uh, even though I got joy and, and fulfillment, again, there's that word, mm-hmm. out of contributing to other people's lives, I had been walking through my life with the idea that for other people to contribute to me, it was bad or wrong mm-hmm. or uh, a nuisance or yeah. obnoxious. And I had been walking through the world that way. So I was going as, you know, an island of one as this, this sort of force field around me saying, don't contribute to me. I have to do it myself. Mm -hmm. And that's like literally robbing other people of the (laughs) gift it is to be a contribution in another person's life. And so that moment, that story that I just told was the first time I started to really look at, oh, wait. She actually feels powerful and joyful and really good about herself for being that contribution in my life. I'm not taking something from her. That's not obnoxious. She chose to make that uh, investment in me, so to speak. Yeah. And that was a place of joy for her. That was a gift to her as well. Um, So yeah, we have to unpack some of the limiting beliefs around that to get that when we receive, we're also contributing. And when others get to contribute, they're also receiving. Hmm. Again, you just, you keep saying that theme and it's just so beautiful because it's, that's how I believe with what we're doing here at this show and is when you invest in others, it just naturally overflows onto when you invest in yourself it naturally overflows onto others. And then you get reinvested back into, and it just gets this beautiful circle of life really. And you, this is why I asked that question because you went a little bit deeper. So thank you for that. Talk about limiting beliefs. And one of the things that what you said that I just immediately went, yep, I've been there. Thought about when the time that I needed help and I was too afraid to ask because I would look quote unquote needy. Mm -hmm. And especially as women, but even men have a really hard time of asking for help because we don't want to be vulnerable and we don't want to look needy for men. It's most of the time we don't want to look weak or incompetent. So is there advice that you would give someone to push through that limiting beliefs that to, to help them, motivate them, propel them to go ahead and seek out a mentor to ask for help? Yeah. Well, my (laughs) big advice is give up all judgment you have. <laughs> Good mm. luck with that though. <laughs> if at of all yourself. possible. Of yourself, right? Yes. Of yourself and literally yes. everything else. Anytime yes. you have a point of view and it's solidified into your reality, to do that is needy. Question it. Question every judgment you have about reality. And if you can find evidence to the contrary, it's likely that that's not an absolute truth. And if it's not an absolute truth, that means believing it is optional. I love it. I love that. So true. Believing it is optional. Believing it is optional unless it's an absolute truth. And even then it's optional because there are people who, you know, 
are debating whether the earth is flat or round. Apparently that's not an absolute truth. So you can have whatever point of view you want. And if believing that other people will see you as needy or a nuisance to ask for support, believing that is going to keep you in a box. It's going to keep you from ever reaching out. It's going to keep you from having the gift of being supported and maybe even elevating to the place where you can support way more people. So uh, question every judgment or belief that you have just to see if it's true, if it's if it's necessary, or if it's even a contribution to your life, because the opposite of it could also be true. And this mm-hmm. is where the work by Byron Katie is a really good process. Mm-hmm. It's basically four questions. Um, is this absolutely true? And if you can see anyone else on earth who believes the contrary, it may not be an absolute truth. Or if there's any evidence in your life that that hasn't always been true, that means it's not necessarily always true. And in which case you move on to the next question. Who am I when I believe this thought? Mm. And who would I be without it? And I had, I won't say who, but I had an amazing conversation with one of my dear, dear loved ones a few days ago that uh, he was on a on an adventure where he was being contributed to more than he was comfortable with. And he had this notion that they were resenting him for it mm. and that Uh, the whole, the drama that was going on in those people during this trip uh, was about him. And I know those people also a little bit. And I thought, you know, is it really true that it's about you? And, and have you asked them? (laughs) Have you brought it up? Because it's possible that energy you're aware of, and yeah, you're probably perceiving this weird, sticky energy. It could be that you've latched onto the story of why that energy is there and you've now made that your whole truth. And it's possible that right over here, the opposite is actually true, that it they, that energy is there, but it has nothing to do with you. <laughs> and if you were to believe this instead of that, how would it feel? Oh, I'd be having way more fun right now. Oh, I would I would take the pressure off myself of being right and good and perfect in this moment and just be with people who actually may need my goodness and support in their lives right now, if they're having that energy show up. And it's like your your entire reality can flip as soon as you're willing to question what you think is true and what you've been sort of downward spiraling as if it were true. Mm. Yeah. So question it. Mm, I love it. I love it. It makes me think about the old song that's, uh, you think this song is about you. Right. <laughs> maybe, so, maybe not. <laughs> right. He was going through and going, oh, this is all about me. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And and I have to say, for those of you who are listening and, and aren't watching the video, you can can't see Molly's energy shift, but she is so extremely passionate about this. I'm so glad I asked that question because man, did her she get fired up about it. So I love that you really was able to share that story and share about your brother. It is sometimes, I, I said brother, it wasn't your brother. I loved yeah, one. Yeah, it was your psychic. It's okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't um, think he listens to my podcast. So it's okay. um, perfect. So um, yeah, I guess, it, or maybe it's because I'm projecting because I live with my brother and <laughs> I could I could see having the same thoughts. Like, oh my gosh, he's contributing to me more than I'm contributing to him. So it's about me right now. And it's not right. it at all. I no. just know so many times we get stuck in the the mindset of, I can't ask for help. I have to do this alone. I have to do it by myself. And if you look at, because I researched years ago, millionaires and billionaires, 
that most of them didn't make come that wealthy by themselves. They had a team, they had support, and maybe it was paid, maybe it wasn't. In the beginning stages, people work sometimes volunteer because they believe in you. Yeah. So I love that you really had talked about that. So it's huge. And I just want to say my friend Jen August says big vision requires big support. If you look at those people, they are resourced. They're not doing everything themselves. Even, even if it's that they have a housekeeper so they can go to work and have their, you know, house not be a mess so they can invest in more time into their passion, into their vision or whatever. If you look at the lifestyle and the support system of the person whose business or whose mission you want to like copy and paste into your life, Mm -hmm. it's got a lot of support and looking at what those pieces are and how you can start stepping into them and even really small ways. I've taught a course about how to hire a virtual assistant for your business. It can start with an hour a month. Yeah. It can start with a one hour of a housekeeper every other week. It can start with a dog walker one day a week. So you don't have to stop focusing on the thing you're focusing on. Like it can be a lot of different kinds of things that aren't necessarily hiring a full-time team right off the bat to support you. Um, Yeah. yeah, There's a lot of ways to get that support for your vision. So we talked about limiting beliefs and we talked about, you know, how you can hire someone else or ask for help successfully. But what I really want to know is what business did you start by accident? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, when I started my business, I was doing hypnotherapy and I had a um, deep passion and interest for past life regression therapy. So going into a hypnotic state, um, looking for the root cause of whatever the issue or desire was. And sometimes it would go to childhood. Sometimes it would go to past lives. And I just like to make space um, for anybody, whether or not you believe in the, uh, possibility of past lives, even if you believe they're fictional imaginative stories you make up, the miraculous healing is the same. Um, So I was doing that for about a year before I realized that um, you may have noticed I don't talk very slow. And to do hypnosis, it's important to talk slow enough for the induction process that people feel relaxed and they get into some sort of a trance state, which is not that scary or weird. Um, but I like talking fast and I like getting to the point and I like, like transformation really a lot. And so I noticed in those sessions that a lot of the aha moments were happening before we even went into the hypnotic, hypnotic state. Mm. And while I still have a deep passion for that, and I use guided meditation and visualization a lot in my work still, um, I was shifting more to coaching and in the process of shifting to coaching, I was wanting to find my niche. I wanted to find my, my people. I wanted to get really specific about what it is I help them with. And I went through a lot of options. I call that a niche switcher. So I spent a year doing hypnotherapy. I spent a year niche switching around the coaching world. And each time I changed my focus, I went full steam ahead because that's who I am. So I built out courses. I built out email sequences. I wrote tons of copy. I marketed myself like as well as I could. Nothing quite really landed. Nothing felt really right. Nothing brought in a ton of clients, um, but I was perfecting these tools. So I was perfecting the back end of using email marketing platforms. I was perfecting the back end of using course creation platforms, learning management systems. 
um, and schedulers for my social media posts and uh, appointment booking schedulers like Acuity Scheduling. And I mastered these technologies and tools. And also as a lifelong writer, uh, I was getting really good at the version of creative writing called copywriting. Mm -hmm. And um, after a while, I had this opportunity to give a talk at an event. I had won a speaker challenge by sheer tenacity, not by making the most money in the group, but by uh, doing the most workshops in a month. And I had the chance to speak to a group of the room, a section of the room and give a 12 minute talk. And the night before that talk, I had this sort of uh, come to self moment, I'll say, not a I'm not a come to Jesus moment for me in that moment, but I come to self moment. And I asked my friend, Karen, Karen, would you just tell me what I'm good at? Cause I'm trying all these different things. I really want to make a difference in the world. I can't seem to see myself clearly enough to know what it is I'm supposed to be doing. And she said, you know, Molly, we need your help with that stuff. We need your help with the technology. We need your help with the organizing projects. So they make sense so we can put them together so we can put them out in the world. And the content, the copywriting, how to actually talk about the things, talk about our message, craft our messaging so that we can reach our people. And I was like, these are the words that came out of my mouth. No one's going to pay me for that. That's the fun part. Oh, and said, oh wow. No, it's not. <laughs> if you ever hear yourself saying or thinking that, that might be the thing you're supposed to do. Yes. So I changed my talk overnight. I made an offer for that kind of support and three people signed up. That led to three packages that led to referrals. And that led to me again, shifting all my marketing to be about that. And that was about six years ago. So I've been doing that and um, rocking it and making a difference and synthesizing back in the awareness of magic and consciousness and the inner game practice that allows us to be that contribution, to expand um, our mission to a bigger level energetically. And I noticed that, you know, two people can set up all the right things and one person it works and the other person it doesn't work. And I wanted to figure out why that was. So the belief that it will work and a lot of the um, energy we put into our marketing, whether we're willing to be found invisible or not, makes a difference. And so that's a key part of the work that I do now, too, is looking at what is that belief, that hang up that says you can't, you shouldn't, you won't. And how can we look at that and destroy and uncreate it to the point that you can and you will and you do. Um, when you put something out in the world, it has more traction when the energy behind it is potent and turned on and aligned. So I help people with that part. And I also help people set the things up. Mm, I love, love, love what you said. You said, nobody will pay me for that part. That part's fun. Yeah. So our listeners are typically people who are in some sort of transition, whether it's from military to civilian life or they're sitting at a desk employee and they're thinking, oh, I want to get out of here and start my own business, but I don't know where to start. That is like the best phrase to start with is, I don't think anybody would pay 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 me to do this because it's so fun for me. For me is the key after that to say for me, because what you all, just, what you just described as like, um, no, that would be like the worst job ever for me to yeah. do. <laughs> so that's why it's important to ask for help and people who are skilled in that. Yeah. So I love that. So I'm going to ask now that we've talked about what you're doing and, and how amazing that you are and you've crafted your new niche. What did you do? Take us back. And what did you do before you accidentally started your business? Did you have a nine to five? Were you a stay-at-home mom? Did you do something completely different? 
Yeah, I have been a completely different kind of for a long time. Yeah. Um, I will say I came to the world of business like that by accident. I was I was adept at following my nose to something that lit me up. So mm-hmm. I've been nomadic for 14 years. When I oh, I'm gonna stop uh, you there and, and explain to our audience what nomadic means. Nomadic means I don't live in one place for very long ever. I love that. I had a few stints here and there where I stayed put for five or six months um, or had a home base for a year and still traveled from there. Um, but yeah, so I finished college at 22 and started traveling the world. That was the one thing I knew I wanted to do was travel, see the world. Um, I found a lot of my personal growth and evolution happened faster when I was in new places by myself, meeting new people, discovering who, who I was, how I worked and what, you know, what was fun to me. And so I traveled all over the world. I've been to 32 countries, um, most of the States. And I used to do whatever job I could find to make the money to get back on the road, because that was the one thing I knew I was supposed to be doing. I was supposed to be traveling. I was supposed to be seeing places. I was supposed to be meeting new people. And so I didn't have very great jobs. I was often bartending or working at a hostel or um, canvassing (laughs) for a while, Um, working restaurant jobs and odds and ends here and there sometimes doing something that felt good, but not anything I wanted to stick around for. And that was kind of my um, desire at the time was to not have a job that I really liked or that paid me too well, because that would make me stay in one place. And I didn't want to do that yet. Um, So I was a wandering vagabond, a hippie, a starving artist, all the labels you can give that. um, And also a voracious reader. Um, I was working on a, a fiction novel at the time that was sort of my thread of purpose back then. And I was learning how to trust my awareness and sort of douse for my path. So I would ask questions and read books and sort of be in this inquiry state of what's next for me? Mm. What would feel good for me? So I know other people get into entrepreneurship from more structure um, building a business was more structured than my life before, which sounds kind of crazy. Um, yeah. And being a nomad and traveling around the world and living out of a backpack or traveling around the country and living out of, uh, you know, couch hopping and living out of my Subaru in the summer or a tent at different music festivals and things like that, uh, transformed because once my, my business started to take off, I was like, okay, Molly, now you get to pick where you want to live. You get to, have a place and build a life. And then that wild vagabond side of me said, no, I don't want to. <laughs> I still like living everywhere. So I decided to buy a Sprinter van in 2018 and turn it into a tiny home. So I actually travel in a apartment on wheels that is beautiful and um, ornate. I'm not sitting in it at the moment. I'm visiting my mom in Oregon right now. So I have a little office space at her house. Nice. But uh, yeah, so I travel nomadically and run my business, six-figure business on the road, um, getting to serve my clients from wherever I am as long as I have signal. And yeah, it works. I love it. And I want to be like you when I grow up, <laughs> <laughs> except living in the van. That I can't do. But <laughs> yeah, there are I, plenty of other ways to do it. Yes, absolutely. I have always had that adventurous uh, gypsy, as what I would call it, spirit. Um, because I just feel like we're not meant to be in one place and people who are in the military, they get it, they get moved around a lot and you have to learn to adapt and, you know, get out of your comfort zone and try new things and meet new people. And 
And it, it's a way of life that there's so many people who are in a mindset of settling down. And I'm like, you can grow up. You don't have to settle down or you can settle down and not have to grow up. One of the two, right? You don't have to yeah. do both. You can still kind of do what you called, um, I forgot how you worded it, but I call it curious exploration. You kind of just go try on what works for you and what you're, what you're being whispered to do. Yeah. Right. Big one. Because you're, you had the, the intuition that whisper, that little thought of, Hmm, I wonder if I could like live from my van. I wonder if I could camp around the world, you know? Yes, you can. And you proved it. And then the next thing is, huh, I wonder if I could what if I just rent an office and see what happens? And then next thing yeah. you know, you have a business, you built a website. And so I love that you've really honed in on being curious about what's next, because um, I think most of my listeners are scared because we get tied up in our identity of yeah. who we are in this moment, especially if we've been there for a long time. I just was able to walk away and retire from a business that I had for the last 14 years, but it was a career that I had for 29 Mm -hmm. and really focus on all the other things. And the thing that I used to say, oh, if I could just do this one thing, my life would be so fulfilled and uh, get paid for, that would be even better. And now I am pursuing that. And it's funny when you take take off the, the fences of our mind, of the things that we say, I can't do that. And you say, well, what if I could? And you look at the possibility of it rather than the the hindrance of it. Your yeah. life, your life changes. How could I do that? Yeah. 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 What it, would it look like if I did that? Yeah. And, and what do I, what do, my question that I love to ask is what is it that I don't know that I need to know in order to move forward? Yeah. Yeah. I love Agreed. that. So you've also written a book. So tell us about how, what, how did that come about and what was your process like? Yeah. Well, I mentioned I wrote a fictional novel in my twenties. That's also published now. Um, I didn't rewrite it as my current self. I just published it because I had to get off the shelf, but um, the other book, yeah, the other book that I wrote is called Wild Hearts Rise Up. And it is uh, kind of a memoir, kind of personal development. It's a lot of my own stories like I've shared today that I recognized it was time to level up and I took a leap and did. And so it's a lot of the stories around what limiting beliefs did I have to overcome to get from starving artists, vagabond to successful business coach vagabond. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's through this framework that I sort of unpacked. So I, I was building a quiz out for my business. If anybody hasn't seen social media, there's tons of quizzes out there of mm-hmm. what, you know, Disney princess are you or what kind of sandwich would you be here? <laughs> yeah, whatever. Mine is what level of thought leader are you? And when I was designing mm-hmm. it, I wanted to use archetypes from the major arcana of the tarot, bring in a little bit of magic. I thought that would speak to my kind of people pretty well. Yeah. And it does. Um, and so I was de- looking into these cards I pulled from the major arcana of the tarot and a friend told me, about the Kabbalah, the tree of life, and how the major arcana is actually related to that. And that is basically a map for how an idea becomes manifest, how something that's up in this sphere, like you were saying, if I could just do that, that would be awesome. And then Mm -hmm. it's starting to synthesize down into your physical reality. And now that's what you do. 
That's how a book gets written. That's how a piece of art gets made. That's how business gets built. That's how baby gets born. That's how things happen. They go from outside to here on earth. Yes. And so the book is about that, the framework of that, those cards, the five sections of the book are those archetypes and the stories in each section are basically talking about how the fool is that bold leap of faith where you go from, I have an idea to, all right, I'm willing to entertain this idea now. Mm. And the magician is, um, okay, now that I'm saying yes to this and I'm sort of choosing it, what do I need to learn? What do I need to know? What kind of resources do I need to acquire or master? And the high priestess is that moment of um, alignment of like, okay, I started moving this direction and entertaining this idea. Does it still feel right? Or does it need to pivot a little to be back on track? And the empress is about like the creation, the, the birthing of the thing. So that's when the actual book gets written. That's when the piece of art gets made. That's when the business gets like tangible and starts coming to life. And then the hierophant is the leader, the orator. They come back from the adventure to tell the people. They start um, teaching about what they've learned, what they've mastered, what they've discovered. Um, so it's this really beautiful framework. And it's a framework, like I said, I use for the quiz about thought leadership because it it emulates those steps really clearly. And then it's also the outline for the book, Wild Hearts Rise Up, which is available on Amazon if anybody wants to grab it. Awesome. And we will put the link absolutely in the, in the show notes as well for that. And I, <laughs> you know, what you just described to me is if anyone has ever watched um, Joseph Campbell's, I can't remember the name, Finding Joe, it's the hero's journey. Yeah, totally. And um, so often we forget different steps along the way. We have to we have to come to the idea. We have to slay the dragons. And oftentimes we stop at the slaying the dragons and we don't go any further. And that's all there is. Right. And so I love that you make it full circle to where we then come back and we are giving what I like to call a hand up, not a hand out. And, um, and we have had hand ups along the way of our journey. And that is why we always think it's important to keep going on this journey so we can to take that full circle and come back. So what a beautiful story. I love that. And you mentioned that you have Oracle cards. So again, for people who aren't into woo-woo and don't know what that means, yeah, yeah. please explain what Oracle cards are. Cause I know that you have a deck as well. Yeah. So Oracle cards are like a divination deck. So a tarot deck, you ask it a question, you try to get an answer that's considered divination. Um, the tarot is very specific. It has always the same four suits and the same major arcana. An oracle deck is a deck of cards that's used for divination, but it doesn't follow that framework. So it's whatever you want to make it. It could be an oracle of animals. It could be an oracle of trees and plants. It could be an oracle of what I used, which is those same archetypes from the major arcana of the tarot that I used for the quiz that I used for the book are the six suits. I added the wheel of fortune so I could have a place to talk about wealth and money and abundance. Um, those are the six suits of the deck. And then there's 10 aspects of each suit. And yeah, it took two years to finish that project because it was a big endeavor. And, uh, you know, it's not a huge priority because it's a passion project on the side, but it's been really fun to bring it to life and really fun to see certain people use it every day and love it and end up buying, you know, five every year for their friends to give them out. And, um, it's fun for me. It's a great way to meet people. I use it at networking events. 
I use it at, uh, I just got to go to a music festival with my favorite band headlining. And I was there as an artist showcasing my Oracle deck. So I had my mm. posters of it all over the place and got to share it, share it with people. Um, so it's a really cool thing that I made that's actually created a lot of connection and um, fun in my life. And it's a side hustle, you know, it's mm -hmm. a piece of art that people can buy and use and have um, insight and awareness from it. And yeah, it's really fun. It's and on the website too. You, did you illustrate the uh, them as well? Yeah. I illustrated oh, it. Wow. I wrote the book. I, yeah, did the whole you, thing. You, you did all the things. Yeah. I love it. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. And I, I can't wait to see them myself. So I'm definitely going to have to go back to your website and, and yeah, just sure. as well. And I love that you use them as a, something to, you know, a great conversation starter at a networking event. I mean, that's brilliant. Yeah. That's awesome. And you can be like, oh yeah, I made that. And that they're yeah. not just, they're not just any Oracle deck. It's my Oracle deck. I yeah. love it. I love it. I love it. So uh, as you can tell, we can literally, Molly, we could talk forever <laughs> on so many different things because we have so much in common. And uh, first of all, before you guys, before I let you go, there's several more questions I want to ask, but I'm just going to take a pause here and say, um, if you would give a shout out to my sponsor at Quest Education, they have interesting ways to take your money that is just wrapped up in your 401k tax and penalty free. So you can start a business. So you can invest in yourself. So you can find ways to you know, have that exploration with curiosity type of, of movement in your life. So uh, go over to the show notes and there's a link, then he gives you a free course. So feel free to look into that. And also how can people connect with you? Cause I know you have some courses that they might be interested in Molly. So what, what is your websites? What is your, how can they connect with you? Is there a specific one that you would recommend for someone in that stage of, I don't know what's next? Yeah. Yes. I mean, kind of. Yeah. My <laughs> website is wildheartsriseup.com. And I will say I generally work with people who are already in business, who are seeing clients and who want to take the seeing of clients up a level. So whether they want just get more one-on-one -on -one clients or they want to go from one-on-one -on -one to one-to-many model. Um, but I have great referrals for people who will help you start the beginning of the business um, and there's tons of resources on my website. There's a bunch of free things. There's a bunch of paid things right now. By the time this airs, I think the, um, uh, I've created a course about how to hire a virtual assistant. So that might be the most relatable thing for anyone who's in here. Who's like, I just need support now to like hand some of the things off. Um, and that's called build your team and that'll be on the website soon, but the website's wildheartsriseup.com. The one thing that's related to everyone is I have a course called peace with money. So you know, we said, give up judgment or stop making those absolute truths. One of the places we have a lot of judgment and we have a lot of points of view that we think are real and solid is around our finances and in and the, the way that we interact with our money in our lives. And this course is definitely on the woo end of the spectrum, but Peace With Money is a program I created to help unpack what those beliefs are and create new practices that actually allow money to be a place of ease in your life, which is such a foreign concept for some people. And also to then flow more easily into your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it creates some magical magnetic pulls for prosperity and wealth to come in. Um, and they work. And I 
I put a hundred people through that program on the first time I ran it just to sort of do an experiment. Like, does this work? Yeah. It's working for me. Is it really working? Does it work for other people? And yeah, there's just so many testimonials on that, mm, on that, that sales page now, because yeah, people had miraculous, like things show up in their financial worlds that they attributed to doing this practice and making it a habit. So it's pretty cool. But yeah, there's resources on there about using all kinds of technology that can help you get started in your business using a scheduler, setting up an email list. Those are two things I highly recommend to anyone who wants to uh, effectively start their business is figure out who your people are, learn how to have conversations with them, which will be easier with a, a booking scheduler page, having people be able to schedule themselves and being able to keep track of them in that way. And then also starting to build your email list as soon as possible, because that's the way you're going to be mm. reaching out to people, collecting your communities, nurturing them, staying in touch with them. That's a really important part of um, having a business in this day and age. Absolutely. Absolutely. So wildheartsriseup.com. Is that correct? Yeah. Awesome. And I will put that in the show notes as well. And I know that you have your hands in so many different things. So is there one particular thing that you'd say, I want to be remembered for, for this? I want to be remembered for this. Hmm. Yeah, I, I want to, I want to be remembered for inspiring or encouraging people to create their lives, to, mm. to believe that they can and believe in themselves and move towards it. Um, I think that's one thing that I've made most of my life about is moving towards the next thing, moving towards the thing that feels aligned for me and being willing to do the work to continue stepping into it, to continue evolving, to continue um, letting go of who I thought I was, to make space for who I am now or who I'm becoming. And if I can be a beacon for that kind of transformation in others, that's what I'd like to be remembered for, encouraging people to let go of that judgment, let go of those conclusions, those decisions that feel limiting or stuck and ask questions, believe in what's possible, believe in yourself, try something new, go in a direction that feels lighter than whatever you've been doing before and trust that, that there's something to it and that it will unfold before you. Mm, beautiful. And and may I just say that you are living that legacy right now, because in this conversation, it was all about being the inspiration and encouraging others. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you for that. And thank you for being here, your time and your your wisdom. I believe when we acquire knowledge, we, and we hold on to it. It just sits there, but when we share it, it's wisdom. So thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you so much. And one last question before you go, I always like to finish with what phrase, scripture, or mantra are you living by right now? Yeah, this is the catchphrase I say at the end of all of my podcast episodes and whenever I make a video. And I think I am living by it. And it's ask big questions and take bold action because you're here for a reason. Mm, yes. Yes, you are living by it. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much for being here. And thank you for listening to the Power of Investing in People podcast. And if you love this episode, because how could you not? I mean, Molly definitely dropped some major knowledge nuggets and talked about contribution and, and fulfillment. So I know you probably took some notes. So please go over to Apple Podcasts and give us an honest review. And in the meantime... We want you to get fired up.
Sponsored by Sparks of Fire International, where we get you fired up about your life and business, and Quest Education. What if you could use the money inside your retirement account, penalty and tax-free, and use that money to start your own dream business? Our friend Daniel Blue from Season 5, Episode 5 over at Quest Education is so kind to give you our listeners, their How to Grow Your Money Tax-Free online course completely complimentary just for listening to today's show. We invite you to find out more about their generous opportunity at the link in the show notes. So just imagine the business you could start with your freed up money.